You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We're all very excited to hop in the studio today. We stumbled upon a fascinating game that we've been playing really the last 30 minutes before we hopped on the mic. It's all we've been doing. Any bit of research that we've done has been towards the game that we're going to play to open up this podcast. And I will provide some context before we play this game. Because it's all your fault. It is all my fault, but it's also something I take pride in. I'm glad that this has happened because of what happened earlier today on the show. (laughs) So, I will explain. Today is Matt Harpering's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Matt Harpering. We do this bit. We completely stole it from Dan Levitard. Who is is we? Me, I promise. Me, Bob Brzezinski, on the wake-up call. I was about to say. Co-host, stole this birthday bit from Dan Levitard, where you randomly say some different guys' names, whose birthday it is, and then we'll play the Stephen A. Smith soundbite, where you say, happy birthday to him, I don't care, good luck. To be fair, Dan Levitard, they stole that bit from, like, Good Morning America. Who was it? Willard Scott used to, you know, wish happy birthday to all the centigenarians well there's a ton of people and shows that do celebrity birthdays we did the thing where we play the stephen a smith soundbite but his random name we do celebrities we do athletes his random name of the day was matt harpering the way he brought it up was and happy birthday to a player a really underrated basketball player happy birthday to matt harpering and as soon as he said that i was like all right i underrated I doubt it. I really don't think he was underrated. I think he was pretty appropriately appropriately rated and not even all that great, but fine. He argued with me, and I think he fell backwards into this, but that's fine. He argued with me. I looked up his stats. Sure enough, Harpering actually had a little stretch. He had a stretch where he was actually pretty good. Had a little stretch. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Now, now to be accurate with this, the person that came up with the yes, little stretch a- got what was not my... <laughs> Yeah. Not a can't not a can't give you one thing. No, I can't. I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna steal the credit. I was trying to set everything up and here you come in like a big dope ruining everything. <laughs> big dope ruining everything. Like the Steve Urkel that you are. What kind of what kind of pod dad are you? What how would you talk to me like this? My feelings are hurt for God's sakes. By the way, it's centenarian. I said centenarian. I don't really know where I got that from. <laughs> you don't know where it's actually the- centenarian is a is someone that has lived for a hundred years or more. But but thank you uh, for the credit. I would like an MLA citation though. Branson, comma Doug, twenty nineteen. So I noticed that he has a little stretch. Had a little stretch. Mm-hmm. And Doug mentions that to me. He points it out and says, "Hey, you know." Little, not two T's, right? It's the L-I, it's what you L-I-N, would see. No T's, in fact. Zero T's. Yeah, zero T's. Little. It would be It would be what you see in front of rapper names like Wayne. <laughs> or Kim. Or Kim. Or anyone that you want to go for. And so now what we did was we thought of Matt Harpering and we tried to think of a bunch of other players that had little stretches. It's a fun phrase to say. We've been repeating it a million times and we do credit Doug for this who did think of that phrase. Branson, comma, Doug. Yes, thank you. I will MLA cite. <laughs> well, listen, I you know, people still sky miles from me. They steal all these things from me. I have all of these great ideas. I don't I don't, you know, set my flag on the moon and, you know, I get no credit. Nada was afraid that I was stealing that from you. So he came in. Thank you, Nada. As the pod police. 
and decided that that wasn't going to happen here. Wait, you calling me Favo now? Hold I on. You, you, you calling me oh, Favo? Bye, police. Nada, I promise. My hands are up. Bye, police. I didn't do anything. So, we, did, we are going to play this game today. Man, I ought to break your leg, man. Seriously. I, don't, I, don't, I come in here, I volunteer my, my 30 minutes or so, mm -hmm. and this is how I get treated. Fod police. So I want to play this game now. So can, can I define what I meant when I said had a little stretch? Well, this is the problem, right? This is what I want to get into. I yeah. mean, there, there are different definitions of what a little stretch, a little stretch mm -hmm. might call for. I don't know. I, I think this is what we're supposed to do. We come up with a bunch of different names, and now we're trying to figure out exactly what constitutes a little stretch. And so I'll give you my definition would be, I, I'm a very loose definition guy. So why don't you give me, if you have a strict definition, Doug, it seems like you are a very by the book kind of guy. We know pod police is, so we'll get to him in a second. But Doug, why don't you give me your strict definition? Well, so Matt Harpering had a little stretch. He had a few years, just a few years where he was a legitimate option on his team, maybe a third, fourth option, a guy, you had a great phrase, uh, uh, Walker, a guy that could hurt you. Like he's a guy that you had to, maybe you didn't completely game plan against him, but you worried about him for a few years. But here's the thing, it has, it has to be surrounded by uh, misery and irrelevance. Like you have to be a nobody and then all of a sudden become a somebody and then drift back into nobody status again. That is my definition of a guy who had a little stretch. Which, and it might even mean that Matt Harpering is a little bit beyond this, but nonetheless, we'll look past that because we do want to play this game. And so I am fine with that definition. As we try, we're going to name a whole bunch of players. I imagine we have a bunch of basketball reference pages pulled up mm -hmm. on our tabs right now. I know I do. And so we're going to try to figure this all out, whether each individual athlete that we name constitutes as a guy who had a little stretch. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to actually give you Matt Harpering, and this highlights something that this is a little subjective. It is a little relative because I know you're looking at Matt Harpering's stats right now, and you're seeing that he was a double-digit scorer. An from, efficient scorer. An efficient yes. scorer from 2000 to 2007. Eight rebounds a game. I Okay, th those are a lot of seasons, right, mm -hmm. where he was a, was a good contributor. But I'm looking at his uh, years in, this looks like 02, when he was, I mean, he might have been a second, third option on that team at times. Might be a little much. And so that, to me, right there, just those two seasons, that's a little stretch. It, 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 uh, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I want to start the bidding. I want to start what we'll start off with Matt Harpering. We appreciate him for giving us this game. We're going to go into some Hornets guys that we think might have had a little stretch. Mm -hmm. Should we start with the Hornets, Doug, or should we start with names that we have? I have to, we have to take the local angle. That's okay, my that's my job on here to make sure that we take the local angle. Okay, okay, Nada. I will go with you. What kind of guys do you think that you have for the Charlotte Hornets who had a little stretch? Well, let's go with Ramon Sessions. Did Ramon Sessions have a little stretch? Was he Did good Ramon enough? Ramon Sessions Ram have a little stretch. Now, I think uh, now maybe not for the Hornets franchise, but I can remember the game that he scored 40 with mm -hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. We would have to look that up. We need to get a research team on this for each guy. I that, actually have the page. Yeah, up so it right is your now. responsibility. Why don't so, you give me the numbers? Again, first two first two years, first three years, 8.1, 12, 12.4, 8.2. Then he goes and explodes for I want to say 11.3, 12.4, 14.4, 12.3, 10.5, 15.8. Mm. And then drops down to 
and goes phase into obscurity now see i i thought that pj brown might have had a little stretch mm-hmm. for the hornets or otherwise but he spent a large majority of his career about seven or eight seasons being a nine and seven guy so here's here's a a point of of contention here you either had a little stretch or you had a career i think pj brown had a career he can career look guy. over his career. He can look over his entire career and say, yeah, I did pretty good. Whereas a guy who had a little stretch, is he's talking to his, his grandkids about the two or three years where he mattered. I think Ramon Sessions had a little bit too much of a career, if you start to look at it. Maybe oh, a little bit too much. Now po- pod police? I am pod police. I think that's a little bit too much. Sound the sirens. I think it's a little too much of a career. Now, a name that I immediately thought of. The Charlotte Hornets are tough. Like I can't think of many that qualify for a little stretch. I'm trying to think of some of these guys that may have had that, and the first guy that came to mind immediately, and I don't know if the stats back it up, but I want it desperately to do so. How about Lee Nalon? Ooh. Right? Lee Lee Nalon might have had a little stretch. So I'm looking at the stats. Lee Nalon played his first two years of his career with the Charlotte Hornets. He had a good second year where he averaged 10.8 and shot 48% from the field. Doesn't do anything after that. Comes back to the New Orleans Hornets and actually has another good year where it's 14.2. Whoa! The problem is... Double little stretch! We I mean, we, we kind of did. So now here's the problem. Doug, you also, while we were trying to discuss the definition before we hopped on air, that it almost needs to be a bell curve. It almost needs to have yes. somewhat of the slightest hill where if you were on the ocean sailing in a boat and you saw land ho that would be the little stretch the problem is is i think these are just a couple of rocks at the beginning and end of your journey the second season was good for lee nalon the second to last season was good for lee nalon and that was really it i want it to count but i don't think it does it has to be consecutive that's the whole deal you can't have just a couple of seasons here and there uh, spread out it has to be a little stretch Okay, I one might more. have one, one more before we go to break, and then we'll start to just apply this a little bit more right. loosely as we go on. Local angle, mm-hmm. Eddie Robinson. I thought about Eddie Robinson. I didn't know if he had the stats to do it. Can you share with us, please? All right. Seven, again, seven, seven, nine, five, six. Was he good enough to See, have that's it? A, that's just consistent mm-hmm. irrelevance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's not I, – I don't even know if that's a career or – a little stretch. If if we had, I think Lee Nalon is the closest that we've gotten to a little stretch for the Charlotte Hornets, but I can't give you one. I, I can't think of one right now that would fit that, and we've had a lot of time before the show, and we just can't figure it out. No. You what got about, one, Doug. Well, There's a light okay. bulb moment. He made an All NBA team, but did Eddie Jones have a little stretch? So and now because he went, he went really high and then and then kind of no. I okay. thought about that. I okay. thought about that. The problem is, is now you're just going straight time. Now you're just going, it was only the one year, basically, the year and a half that he played for the Hornets. I mean, he was good. And it doesn't count if you go to a different team and were and was successful the following year if you're at yeah. a different team. Are we all on board with this? All yeah, right. I kind of am. All right. No, I appreciate it. I'm glad we're talking this out, though. This is important stuff that we're discussing here today on the Lockdown yes, Hornets Podcast. Yes, we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We're local experts on the little stretches, and we are the number one daily sports podcast network. Remember, you can get Lockdown Hornets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Hornets, 
Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Book your next trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. We'll come back after the break with a couple of other players with little stretches. Also, we've got our What Should Kimba Do game, uh, I guess our guest of the day for the What Should Kimba Do game. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were <laughs> we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want him to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Hey, guys. You got a name? I think I got somebody. Have a little stretch? That constitutes having a little stretch. (laughs) Did a little yoga? For the Charlotte Hornets, might I add. Really? It's a name that has been uttered on this podcast many times. Give it to me. You could even say he's our mascot. Oh, no. Matt Geiger for the Charlotte Hornets had a little stretch. You look at his stats. The first year that he was here with the Hornets, he averaged 11.2. The second year was 8.9. But then it was 11.3. And then even with Philadelphia, which I still think counts, 13 and a half. And then that was it. Like that he was, was a problem in Philadelphia. Thirty I, minutes a game, thirteen and a half points, mm-hmm. seven rebounds. Like I mean, he wasn't the only. I mean, the the biggest problem, obviously, Allen Iverson. But you know, Geiger Geiger had a little stretch. All right, yes, I'm glad we got one. That's wow. I'm I pushed it. I thought maybe Matt Geiger. I pushed my chips in, and we got Matt Geiger to be it. Thank you very much. Also we, on that team, Aaron McKee, and he really he might be my like had a little stretch mascot well that well. that team was full of Allen Iverson Dikembe Mutombo and a bunch of other guys that had a little stretch that were playing during that little stretch yeah, on rising that tide lifts all boats Eric Snow true? was on that team yeah a little mm-hmm. stretch he did have a little stretch Aaron McKee you are right about that Aaron McKee absolutely had a little stretch Aaron McKee uh Eric Snow Matt Geiger being on that team that I mean that team was full what about Tyrone Hill Tyrone, Tyrone Hill. Hill had a little stretch. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, is that the key to building a championship team, to getting a star and having a bunch of guys to go through just the smallest little peak of their career? Well, go to look at this yeah. finals right now, and and I know Golden State wishes some of those players on their bench would start to have a little stretch. But, I mean, Pascal Siakam, we don't know if he's going to turn into an all-star. We might be Patrick looking. McCall, yeah. Yeah, we might. Yeah, exactly. We might be looking back, you know, a couple of years from now and going, man, you know, Siakam, <laughs> oh, yeah, a little stretch. Another guy, Jeremy Lamb yeah. for the Charlotte Hornets. I think – you know, give this five, six years, people are going to look back and go, man, remember Jeremy Lamb and someone else is going to say, yeah, didn't he suck? And then someone else is going to say, no, man, he had a little stretch. He might be too good once he moves on. I wonder if he's going to have a couple Maybe. more consecutive good years, but you are right. It's not a given that that's going to happen. All right. We are the Locked On Hornets podcast. We should be giving you some type of Charlotte Hornets analysis today. Uh, we're not going to do that, but what we are going to do is we're going to play a game show that is surrounded by the best Charlotte Hornet of all time, and it is What Should Kemba Do? Here's your guest this week with your host, Doug Branson. 
Welcome, Hornets fans. It's time for your favorite game. What should Kemba Walker do? We're talking to all of the voices around the NBA, and they're all answering one important question. Oh, you guessed it. What (laughs) should Kemba do? Today's contestant is Keith Smith, NBA analyst and all-around smart basketball guy. Keith, take it away. Well, I think Kemba's a guy who can fit a lot of different places. Because he's someone who can play, obviously, as a primary ball handler or scorer, which he's been for the vast majority of his time with the Hornets. But you could also see him fitting in as a guy at this stage in his career who's playing a little more off the ball. I know teams like the Dallas Mavericks really like him because they think he would be a, you know, an almost ideal running mate to Luka Doncic, who can do a lot of the playmaking and ball handling, and that can free Kemba up to play off the ball some. And then you've got, you know, Teams like the Knicks, who if they fail to add the other guys, they're going to look and say, hey, we would love a guy like this to be here who can kind of be our fate to go for. He's also a New York native. So I think fit is very easy for him. The only place he's not really going to find a fit is if they've already got an established point guard because he's too small to play off the ball unless that point guard is really big. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. All right, Keith, that, that was a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little confused, uh, but listen, that's what this segment's all about. We're not telling you what Kemba will do. No, we can't do that. We can't tell the future. We're just telling you what should Kemba do. That was long-winded. Thank you very much, Doug. We appreciate another episode of today's edition of What Should Kemba Do? I have a name for a little stretch from Nada before we move on. What is it, Nada? We have, I I present to the the gods of the little stretch, Mm -hmm. Andrew Bynum. He was an all-NBA guy. Can you get all-NBA? See, that's so here's my corollary. It, it It was a big peak, man. That's not a bell curve. That's a spike. But I think, well, okay, but was the spike surrounded by... Just all you need is a spike and maybe two years that surrounded that were okay. See, it's, again, it's all relative. Like if you have a spike, then you need you, you need to have a big fall. And Andrew Bynum certainly had a big fall. Yeah, he like, did have a big fall. I just think he was actually good for a few years. It's close. I'll allow it. That's fine. That's fine. Andrew Bynum five zero allows it. But see, I, don't, I appreciate I don't, that pod. Please. Here's the thing: we have to ask ourselves though: Is anyone going to really look back on Andrew Bynum's career and say, "Yeah, you know, he had a low stretch"? I don't think so. I you think, think they're going to say that he was better than that? Well, I think for a, that, for a time. Well, yes, <laughs> but I also think they're going to say, you know, this guy really he could have been somebody. And instead, he let it all slip away. And that's, look, having a little stretch is a positive thing. It's like Aaron McKee. You had your one shining moment because you were playing with Allen Iverson where you were a double-digit scorer and and you were an issue for other teams. I mean, Bynum was certainly an issue at times, but <laughs> for his own team. I, I, I will throw one more name at you, and then I'll be done with this game. Eddie Curry. Okay, we'll need to pay attention to that in a little bit. Well, he was—he had a little stretch in his elastic. Mm-hmm. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, his elastic was big stretch. So <laughs> I was thinking the same. Yes, yes. Uh, I won't go anymore. There's a couple of other jokes that we could go with, but I won't do that. That's the second fat joke towards an athlete that Doug has had on this podcast, by the way. Yes. Eddie Curry. Second, sorry, what? More, More like, like Eddie McFlurry. 
Oh, that's great. Calorie spike. That's a, that's very good. Or just Eddie Curry. It, it's name. He had a calorie spike name as soon as he came into this world. You knew. Yeah, it was hey. a it was a premonition. He you, had no you chance. Knew it was going to happen. Eddie can't say no to Curry. No, he cannot. Eddie cannot say no to Curry. All right, Charlotte Hornets guys. We need to talk about the Charlotte Hornets at least a little bit here today, so the listeners don't get angry at us. Uh, it is mock draft season. Okay. We've been giving our evaluations on some of these prospects. We've been giving you some draft profiles. We got Paul Biancardi to uh, on Monday. I should say at 11 30 so that would be good to have that he's really good for espn has been been doing it for a long time so glad to have him on the podcast but i want to take a look at some of the past mock drafts that we've been a part of for this locked on podcast corporation mock draft that anyone call him cardi b uh no but you can on monday all right so let's go back in history the last couple of years to see what we've done doug now 2017 was without me what was the decision that you decided to do in, I guess, what was the first edition? I'm not sure, but this was made without me. Yeah, this was the first edition of the Locked On NBA mock draft. It was David Walker and I at the helm. The OG Walker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we, we listen, we had a lot of options thrown our way. We had the 11th pick. Uh, that was considered to be a decently strong draft, so there was some interest in trading up. We actually did make a trade. We traded Jeremy Lamb and the 11th pick to Toronto for Corey Joseph Bebe Nogueira and the 23rd pick. Who? And that 23rd pick ended up being John Collins. And that selection alone saves the trade. Wow. Listen, we got a lot of heat for that trade on on Reddit. (laughs) Oh, man. The Charlotte Hornets Reddit lit our booties up for that trade. But my reasoning for the trade was that you you utilize you got some salary off the books because at the time there were a few more years left on that that lamb deal so you freed up a little bit of salary but you also you added backup point guard depth and that 27 2016 was a disaster 2017 mm-hmm. it didn't get much better Corey joseph i think would have been a solid backup for kemba walker takes t- taking some pressure off of him and then yeah the 23rd pick ended up being john collins which was a huge plus yeah it sucks losing out on jeremy lamb's uh, best years and that's unfortunate but to get john collins i mean john collins is a stud so to, yeah. to get him at 23 and a backup co- uh, point guard who would have been good for you and then you get him off of the books you know like it, yeah it sucks losing out on lamb and the 11th overall selection but frank nidlikina was the guy that was selected with the number 11 overall pick. You take John Collins seven days out of the week. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that's why I made the pick. Yeah, because you knew Collins was going to be there at 23, and you executed. Collins. Well, what about 2018? This was <laughs> my first time being a part of a mock draft. It's already been a year. You should have been more involved. It was a year in April. Well, you know, just starting to find my footing with the podcast, <laughs> you wanted to take your boy, so I decided, you know what, I'm not going to intrude on what this selection uh, would be yours, and you made the selection. I still like this guy, but go ahead, Doug. So I mean, I, who was there and who'd you select? Well, here's the background. I saw this player, uh, well, I didn't see him work out for the Hornets, but I went to the, the interview session, and so, you know, they always do some things afterwards, and so I saw Lonnie Walker um, just kind of getting up some some dunks afterwards, and I, and he gave me the same kind of feelings uh, that Donovan Mitchell gave me, mm-hmm. and so I mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to take this opportunity and take the player that I that I really believe in. It may, he may be a few spots, uh, I may be reaching a little bit, but I yeah, I went with Lonnie Walker over Shea Gilgis Alexander and over Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. 
So it's tough. I mean, it's tough. but yeah, you're right. He did get injured, so we don't know exactly how smart I am. I'm just going to venture and say that I was very smart. I do like Lonnie Walker a lot. I hope he does come back healthy from injury. But Shea Gilgis Alexander being there, that obviously would have been my I'm surprise. Selection. You didn't yeah. overrule me there. <laughs> I'm surprised you had given too. your rose to Shea. I, I man, I, I gave a lot more than my rose to Shea. So Shea okay, Gilgis Alexander going to the Los Angeles Clippers, Ew. essentially. Uh, and then Lonnie Walker going to the San Antonio Spurs. But in our draft, he came to the Charlotte Hornets. So now I'll update on everybody. Uh, I'll update everybody on the NBA mock draft. I like that phrase, actually. You should just update all over everybody. Yeah, update I'll, on. I'll, I'll, I'll update. I'll update the hell out of you right now. <laughs> so that's I'll, what you I'll, did with Shea, right? Uh, update I, everywhere. I updated all over Shea Gilgis Alexander. Ooh. So, yeah, that got a little bad. I'm sorry. I didn't want to. I, I thought it was funny. You know, it didn't really work out. No. I'm going to update everybody on the NBA mock draft and the details that we have now uh only three selections it's the first three selections that you would think of it's zion going number one it's john morant going to the grizzlies at number two doug is doing a weird dance i don't understand why rj barrett goes to the new york knicks Mm -hmm. at number three and nada we discussed the dm that we got from the locked on mavericks podcast which was absolutely putrid you know it really was one of those options was and you know it's fine like you got to try to create some dialogue you laughed at him right no i didn't laugh at him you should know why you're trying to spread rumors here i didn't laugh at him you should have i just wouldn't have done the trade and i was pretty adamant about it you're gonna like literally you're trying to be civil about a trade where they're basically trying to rob you are you okay with people trying to rob you walker the options that they gave us were it was courtney lee justin jackson and pick 37 for cody zeller and pick 12 i said no I would rather hold on to pick 12. The only way that I would even I would even consider parting with pick 12 would be to attach it to Nick Batum's contract. And he said, okay, what about Tim Hardaway and 37 for Batum and 12? And I didn't want to do that because you're bringing on Hardaway, who's making $18 million a year, mm-hmm. I think, for a couple more seasons. I didn't want to do that. So that was the end of our negotiations. Doug, we do have an offer from the Grizzlies, correct? And it is, uh, I think it is for Mike Conley. Mike Conley for 12 and maybe a Nick Batum to attach some salary to it. You're breaking news to me. I think that's what it was because I believe that you sent me an email to say that you would talk to me about this. Oh, I made that up. (laughs) I really think you did make that up, though, because I saw that and then we talked about it and it didn't seem like you were interested. But the email that you sent back to this guy, I think it's Mark King of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. I think what you sent back to him was, I think Walker would go for it. Let me check with him. And I look at that. I'm like, no, I don't want to go for that. Yeah, we're just we're really just testing you. We're trying to figure out if you really love this 12 pick because you have been so on record as loving this 12 pick. And I'm just I'm just trying to test you. I'm trying to figure out. How much you love this 12 pick? I, I don't want to give it up. I would rather just eat the salary. Did anything interest you out of the off, all the offers that we talked about? Not? No, 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 no. I'm just... How I'm, much value do you find in the 12 pick, not wanting to attach it to salary? Do you think we should just hold on to it? Just hold... Let's begin the rebuild in earnest. Let's go bring a solid guy that can come in here, fill one of the guard spots, because I think center spot forward position is overblown massively. They have holes at the guard spots, especially if Kemba does not come back. Oh, oh, oh. did Leandro Barbosa have a little stretch? Um, oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Now, Golden State was great. Ah, no, I think he was too good for too long. He was great in Phoenix. I'll then tell- he was really good with Golden State. 
I don't know. I think it was too long. Now, listen. Uh, so he starts off as a, like a seven-point scorer. Man, he's giving you a couple of assists per game. Not really doing much in his first two years. Then he goes 13 points per game, 18 points per game in tw- in 2006-2007 for Phoenix. Then 15.6, then 14.2. He, I mean, he's a double-digit scorer for a few years after that, but then it tanks. I think Leandro Barbosa... Had a little stretch. And I'll tell you, he was a conversation piece in a few playoff series. I think that's important, yes. too. Sure. No, he absolutely was. I'll. Yeah, this does constitute as a little stretch. It might be a little bit long. It came early. It came mm-hmm. earlier than most of the little stretches. Usually it takes guys a couple of years of, of doing nothing before they really pop. Leandro Barbosa, yellow stretch. Okay, I'm going to throw one more name at you. David Lee. Oh, David Lee might have had a little stretch. He was an all-star, two-time all-star. Does that immediately? I I really hate giving it to. Yeah, I hate giving it to multiple all-star guys. But it's two times, and it's David Lee. The guy couldn't play defense. If again, we could play better defense than he could. Uh, Yeah, but I think I I think think he had a career. I think he did. I think David Lee had a career. I think. But it's look at the back half of it before. Look at the back half before we start really just trying to say he had a career. Uh, I'm going to put my gavel down. He had a career. He doesn't count. Thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA, to get 20% off. We'll be back with more little stretches right after the break. This is Locked On Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire they just time. They have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I've got all my poker chips. I'm going to push them in on really what is two names that are extremely similar. Okay. Andres Beatrins and Andres Nocioni. Love those. Love those little stretch. I mean, Nocioni's career, his entire career might have been a little stretch, but he I mean, he came in like a fireball and then was extinguished very quickly. Very, very, very quickly. I, I like keep, both of those. I think both of those guys had a little stretch. Thank you very much. I keep saying I'm done, but I got like two more. You got the itch. It's fine. I got I the itch for the little stretch. One, Ronald Flip Murray. Oh, Flip Murray. Uh, Flip Murray is the Kenny Lofton of the NBA. I've always said <laughs> Flip Murray played for every single team in the NBA, I feel like. I would like to know if he played for the most amount of teams. No, it's got to be Luke Ridenour. Luke Rittenauer, well, do you have to actually account for minutes for that basketball Did he bounce team? a basketball for the most amount of teams? Right, and Flip Murray... That might have been Chucky Brown, by the way. Uh, Chucky, Chucky Brown, Brown. is uh, a Kenny Lofton. That's, are we playing a new game? Oh, man. Oh, my God. Had Save a, it for Monday, had folks. A, I can't. Had a little Lofton? Yes. <laughs> play, yeah. play, play too Lofton? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I want to play that game. We can't. I, 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 I want to go to the light. I want to go to the light, and yet we need to stay away. Final takes Toronto they end up winning game one against the Golden State Warriors to me Toronto looked comfortable the entire basketball game I think they were in control the entire basketball game Kawhi Leonard was doubled every time and therefore was not all that offensively impactful yet 
they allowed everybody else to have open shots. They did not play good defense as far as rotating back on some of the guys that they were shading off of in order to go contend with Kawhi. It allowed Marcus Gasol to get going. It allowed Danny Green to get going, which is something you did not want to happen. It allowed Pascal Siakam to get going. And Toronto looked very good in a way where I think they can sustain it pretty comfortably. Yeah, if they can keep shooting like they're shooting now, they've got a chance in this series. I think it's still Raptors in six. We've seen Golden State so many times thrive in chaos but they've never seen this kind of defensive chaos that Toronto's putting out on the floor right now really limiting what Steph Curry the damage he can do from long range forcing him inside giving him basically the rim and and expecting Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green to knock down shots and they didn't and that's why they lost game one I am I was worried for the Warriors because I thought this was going to be a Warriors in six or seven now I'm worried that's going to be Raptors in five. Look, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but I'm with you. I had Warriors in six. I'm not going to change it. I think it's too early to change. But to watch that game last night and not draw the conclusion that, you know what, the Toronto Raptors felt comfortable the entire time. They were confident. They looked like they actually knew what they were doing out there. Nobody shied away from the moment like they had in previous series. Kyle Lowry did not shoot the ball well. Buried them, though. But you would still think he actually played a pretty decent game. Look, there are some people that try to look at this in too much of a simplistic way and do the, well, they won and this guy didn't have a good game, so they should be worried and stuff like that. Like A lot of people will look in and say, well, Pascal Siakam's not going to do that again. Well, okay, but Kawhi's probably not going to have that same type of game. Draymond Green is not somebody that you would expect to have tremendous shooting nights all the time and Steph Curry Clay Thompson they actually shot the ball well and yet they still weren't able to come back you put that on top of an Andre Iguodala injury I'm worried about the Warriors right now they need KD badly and I didn't think we'd ever say that here's the stat that that stands out to me from this game fast break points Toronto 24 Golden State 17 Steve Kerr was pissed about that last night well but I think this is a team in Toronto that can hang with them in transition they can defend transition they're willing to because they want to win a championship Gasol was amazing in the high post finding guys cutting also just being able to knock down shots it would have been nice I think he is probably bummed out that he has to pass up his opportunity for Charlotte to go play in the NBA finals but nonetheless I guess it worked out for him okay is Fred Van Vliet having a little stretch oh, it yes, might be. yes 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 it all started it, with Malik Monk it might be a little stretch for Fred Van Vliet we're going to talk about all of that and we're going to have our little loftins on Monday thanks again for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast we are a, pot, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network we do have Paul Biancardi joining us at Mon- on Cardi Monday B. yep hopefully uh, Monday he'll be able to join us and we can talk a little bit more about the 2019 NBA Draft. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can subscribe to this show and the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets. I heard Nada is patrolling later on, so make sure that you're keeping your speed down. Other than that, make sure you guys have a good weekend. Raptors insane!